Let's go to Lou on this one. Actually, I think he stepped out for a second. Time out. No, I'm here. Oh, okay, just Sorry. kidding. I, <laughs> ah, magic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Uh, unless you've been living under a rock recently, you already know that the weekend of the third was an action-packed uh, weekend with some intense and incredible dodgeball taking place. And in this episode, we'll be covering the uh, second or biannual World Dodgeball Association Dodgeball World Cup. And here to help me do so is returning guest Rob Hometown Immel. Uh, Rob, thanks so much, man, for, for your pre-cap a couple weeks ago uh, leading into the uh, WDA DWC. Um, it was great to get some more of the background and just kind of add to the to the hype uh, for that weekend. So, um, and also thanks for coming back to talk to us through it. Um, and for those that you that may not know, um, Rob, just go ahead and reintroduce yourself with your name, number, and the role you had for uh, for Team USA. And we'll start there, man. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. Always a pleasure to talk dodgeball with uh, dodgeball fan, and uh, especially you, Steve. So thanks for uh, for having us on here. Uh, I am Rob Immel, captain of the men's. Uh, Team USA, I wear number one. And uh, what a weekend it was last week. Can't believe it's already been a week since uh, we were there. The pre-cap was fun, but uh, it was nothing like living the, living in the moment and, and playing that tournament last week. Awesome. And then uh, Kim? Hi, I'm Kim Wilkie. Um, I'm number 45, and I played on the women's squad at the Dodgeball World Cup last weekend. Awesome. Hey, Luis Vela is here, number 65, and I was on the men's squad for Team USA. Awesome. And uh, hi, everybody. I am Tasha Maven. I am number 55, and I played for both women's and the mixed team. Awesome. I was getting nervous for just a second. I was like, oh, Chris, I want to have somebody from mixed as well. Um, Awesome. Well, welcome, guys. Again, thank you so much for, for hopping on, especially uh, you East. Well, I guess we're on the East Coast. It's like 11 o'clock at night, so I definitely appreciate you guys um, taking the time to, to talk about what happened. Um, first and foremost, I wanted to ask, uh, we weren't able to record last week because you guys like collectively lost your voices. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, uh, my voice was, was pretty gone. It was tough to do any kind of interviews on Saturday. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. I felt like after that whole thing, I just needed a couple uh, couple of days to kind of decompress from everything. Yeah, personally, me, me and uh, me and Lou talked about this. I was like, "Hey, man, are you sure like the day after is going to be good?" Because like I obviously for now I have like a really short window of when I can record. So it was either like Sunday or a week afterwards. In case anybody's wondering why this came out two weeks later, but um, it was just like I don't know. Like even after like an elite tournament or something local, it's like I. Just have to kind of decompress, as you said, and I couldn't even imagine what you guys went through on a, on a world uh, world stage. So I'm assuming the loss of voice was was good, right? It wasn't like angry yelling, or maybe it's a collection collection of both. I'm a little bit of both. A little bit of both. How about you, Blue? Um, your your voice is gone too, wasn't it? Oh, my voice was gone, and Sunday I was incredibly hungover, so no, it, it's, that too. it was definitely a good thing to push it back a week, so. Gotcha. Well, very cool. Well, let's, um, I kind of want to ask just like a, a, a broad question, and just like now that you guys have had like a week to, to, I guess, process everything as we're talking about, like what were your thoughts just overall, Rob? Like if you can kind of sum it up in a 
couple of sentences before we take a deep dive in, what would you say? Um, it was overwhelming. Uh, it's tough now. I think to answer that question, I might have to wait like another week or another two. I'm still looking at pictures and seeing interviews and just kind of remembering things that happened or didn't happen. But uh, I thought it was a pretty incredible weekend. Um, maybe a couple words to describe it was surprising, uh, fulfilling. You know, I was uh, I was kind of blown away by the production of it all, and uh, and the talent level, and even our our play level. Yeah, and well, I mean we'll, we'll cover this too, but like, there's so much like cool stuff coming out after the fact. Um, I really want to talk about the CBS uh, featurette too, but it's like you're just kind of reliving everything in like little waves. Um, it's it just yeah, it still feels like it was fairly recent, even though it was a week ago. Um, how about you, Cam? Like, what are your thoughts overall? Um, I would say, if I had to describe it in one word, I would say humbling. Um, it was just amazing to see the teamwork and camaraderie, both on and off the court, that all the other teams brought um, to New York City. And even before we went into Basketball City on Friday, I, like, just stood and looked around at, like, just how how oriented and how together everyone was and it, it kind of like made me tear up a little bit i'm not gonna lie like the whole experience was just kind of magical in a way what do you mean by like oriented and together like and everyone i guess uh, what do you for mean by that? so before the tournament started on friday uh we had to all take cover under a bridge or an overpass basically because it was like pouring down rain and they wouldn't let us inside so Every single team from every nation just gathered under that bridge and basically had a party. Oh, that's and cool. Some teams had choreographed dance routines that they were showing off to everyone. Others had chants going. Like it just seemed like the tournament already started before we even walked onto the court. It was really neat to see. That's awesome. So that I think that was the one of the videos I think Anne Anna posted. It was like, okay, this is the last dance and then it, it looked like it was on like under an overpass or like a bridge, so I think I'm connecting the dots there. But uh, in terms of like um, everyone getting online and getting together, just all these nations coming together to, to play dodgeball and being festive and friendly before the before it begins, pretty much. Yeah, it was really, really great to see all the camaraderie before it even started. That's awesome. Uh, going back to you, Rob, real quick, one thing I wanted to ask was like, and it's probably a duh question, but um, being as that we talked about this, you know, a couple months ago, back in November, December timeframe, um, was it worth the hype building up to building up after yeah. all those months? Yeah, it was. And it's kind of, uh, eating my words a little bit on the precap. I think I'd literally said, I wish it wasn't at Madison square garden. Uh, I think I was just, uh, left in the, in the, in the dark, like everybody else was, but they, they stepped up and I'm super glad that they was there. Nice. We'll have to resend that then. Uh, it's on record. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, well, how about you, Lou? How how was uh, yeah? Just if you can sum it up in a couple sentences, just your your biggest takeaway overall feels. Oh man, it was. I guess one word I'd say is it was really overwhelming for me. Like it's my first time like on a world stage like that, and it was like Cam said, like we we're like everyone was under the overpass, and like you just see like the countries lined up. And then out of nowhere, Austria comes with a with a big boombox and like just getting everyone hyped. Like it was super fun and like the whole experience is just like really ridiculous in the greatest way possible. Like I'm so glad I got to be a part of it. 
That's awesome. So the Austrians came with a huge boombox. Oh yeah, they they, they, they sure the did. <laughs> they brought the yeah. party. Yeah, they shut down the underpass literally <laughs> with their flash dances, their music. They they shut it down. It turned into the biggest block party I think I've ever been a part of. And that was not planned. That was like unscripted. It just happened. It was not planned. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, please humor me. Were they playing like that crazy Euro pop techno music? Always, only. Yes. <laughs> Plus some high school musical thrown in there. Don't forget. Of course, why not? I gotta, I gotta watch those videos again and just take it all in. Um, and uh, Tasha, so what, how would you um, uh, describe everything in a, in a couple of sentences, just overall? Um, I mean, my my experience was definitely incredible. Um, I. Th- to, to go back to your question about the hype, I don't think that we all realized how big this was for us. Um, to, to get in front of cameras, to, to interview with like, with Vice, to interview with, uh, you know, um, News Weekly, to get on uh, like NY1 News. Um, I heard like Canada got on Good Morning America. I don't think that we showed up. Nobody understood how big this was going to be. So I think that uh, the hype was definitely overwhelming. Um, it was insane to just see how much press and how much media coverage was uh, was on dodgeball. To see like New York Post uh, put out newspapers about dodgeball, like who, who would expect that? So I'd say um, definitely an amazing experience. I'm happy that I was a part of it. Um, that's my takeaway. Yeah, that's... I remember seeing Vice. I was like, "Wait, what? 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 Hold on!" Because I'm so used to seeing Vice with their like, you know, their like politically charged um, bits that that come up on Facebook. But then I was scrolling, scrolling to the feed, and I think I saw like Dodgeball and Vice together. I was like, "Wait, wait a minute! Let me scroll back up." Whoa, that's huge! And then um, I made this, this silly comment, uh, Rob. It's like an inside joke that we have for like the Hanes underwear commercial. Like that's when I felt validated for Dodgeball and felt like Dodgeball making its mark. But like after this weekend um, and this week's scene. New York Times and Vice and the CBS news feature. I'm like, holy crap! This is so like, it's so yeah. Like, I don't, it was I don't definitely bigger than we all expected. Yeah, like I can't. I mean, I didn't even play, so like I can't imagine what you guys feel like to see, um, like big name news companies uh, covering you guys. Um, I definitely want to get into that too. Um, we kind of talk about day one, but um, yeah, it was it was incredible just watching it from from my limited uh, perspective. But let's uh let's go ahead and get and get into kind of like the pre day one um, DWC just to, just to get an idea of like what it was like for you guys. Um, and the first question I want to have, and this will go for you, Rob. Although I'm not sure how this one would be directed, but what was it like being selected? Like just finding out you're going to be on on Team USA and you're going to be um, like coach, right? You're the coach. No, Captain. Yeah, got it. Um. Yeah, and I'm not that old. I'm not a coach yet. But, uh, no, it was great. I went to, like I said before, I went to uh, the New York tryout as well as the Maryland tryout. Um, so I want to kind of double my chances. We all know how dodgeball works. You have a good day, bad day. Uh, but the process took a long time. I wasn't involved in the process. Thank God. I don't want to be. I don't know who is. But uh, I wouldn't want to be on the selection committee. Um, but when I finally got the email with the, uh, the first round of cuts were made and I was on that list, uh, preliminarily select selected for the team I was pumped I was jacked up you know I I you know immediately you know text my friends and wife and you know, came home to like a little gift like because they you know they knew how, how pumped I was to 
to make the team and how much of a, a goal it was for me. So I, I was honored. And then when I was uh, – Coach Fox actually called me to let me know that uh, he nominated me and wanted me to be the captain of the team. I was overwhelmed and honored. You know, and I, that was just more motivation to go into last weekend, you know, to do well. And was it different than going in the first time? Like, obviously you had like a, a better understanding of what to expect or did you just like kind of write that off and start over with um, just like how you're going to train and, and prepare? Yeah, I, I wanted to do better personally and, and, and as a team uh, this year than two years ago. Uh, I think two years ago it was just so quick. Um, the teams had to be made quickly and everybody had to make arrangements to go to England and, and then U.S. Dodgeball had two years to kind of figure out the process to get a team, to find a team, make a team, and uh, figure out how to do well at uh, MSG. So it was just a different level, I think, uh, 2018 to 2016 in a good way. Gotcha. And how did you uh, prepare for this whole thing, just physically and mentally? I mean, obviously playing as much dodgeball as possible and um, coordinating with your team, but did you do anything like out of the ordinary? Uh, considering. Yeah, for me, um, I started going to the gym a bit. Uh, I'm pretty very active guy, but uh, just started training a little differently, working with a trainer to be physically ready, not just eating pizza, Tasha, but um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> also uh, working out and talking with the trainer about what I needed to improve my game in the WDA style, that fast back and forth counter style. Um, and it felt good physically. I felt real good um, in New York. Uh, mentally, just kind of watching the opponents, you know, watching the group stage uh, or the pool uh, draw and then find out who we're playing and then watching them. Um, social media videos, just kind of stalking them online a bit and watching watching film and just kind of getting it wrapped around my head. It's been a long process to just kind of go to New York. I, you know, I think I said it to you in the, in the pre-cap, like I can't wait kind of for it to be over because it's been so much like leading up to it, you know. Right. Um, but in a good way. You know, I think I was physically and mentally ready, and I had a blast. There's just like nothing but anticipation at this point. Like, just come on, like hurry up already. Let's let's do this. Right. right. Gotcha. Um, how about you, Kim? What was it like being uh, selected? Well, obviously, it felt really good to be selected because um, there was a great pool of women that tried out. And honestly, I didn't think I did very good at the first tryout I went to, and uh, there was an opportunity to travel to Canada for a cloth ball tournament. So I took that opportunity uh, just so I could show that I've been working with the cloth balls a lot and practicing just to show that I improved a little bit and hoping to help my chances to make the team. Gotcha. And did you, um, was it, was it hard adopting the cloth ball style or the cloth ball in particular? So I, w I wouldn't say hard. I mean, it, it took a little bit of adjusting. Like I feel like I had to adjust how my arm followed through a little bit. Um, but l I'm lucky in that I have a pretty large hand, so like gripping the ball is actually not an issue for me. Nice. But I would say like the follow through and release point was kind of tricky to get down at first. But once you got that down, did it did it feel more natural? Like okay, I can I can play now. I can compete. I, I can represent. Yeah, very US. much so. Um, I've actually grown to love them now. Oh boy. <laughs> yep, we already talked about this, Rob. First it's foam, then it's cloth, and then just... <laughs> I hate change. Um, people that know me know me that I'm just like a, a stickler for anything that, that's different, but uh, we'll see how it makes it makes its way down here in the Southwest. Um, how about you, Lou? What was it like being uh, selected, man? 
I'm gonna reiterate what Kim said. I thought I didn't do as well in the first trial either. Um, but then we, I, then I, after that, I went to the America's Up, which was basically a qualifier per se, even though USA already qualified being the host nation, but we went against Canada. Uh, I did better there. And then I went to the same tournament that Kim went to in Canada, the draft tournament, and I did better there. So uh, definitely gave me confidence. And then when I saw I got selected, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I, I made it. I was I was so surprised, but it was it was a great feeling. Um, gotcha. And then since since then, like I've been to Canada like numerous times to play like competitive cloth because New York City, the only cloth league is uh, social, is a super social league. So um, went to Canada a couple of times, was playing with playing with them up there, getting myself ready, and then here we are playing in Madison Square Garden. Now I wish and I could go back. I mean, hopefully in another two years. But uh, so you mentioned Canada, and we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, the name Benedict Arnold came up, and then something about you being Canadian. Um, when, can Kim, you're smiling. Rob, can you guys kind of elaborate on that real quick? Yeah, Lou probably goes to Canada to play, but like he, I think he's from Canada. He comes and he comes to hang out. Every every time I see him on a snap story or anything, he's in Canada hanging out. I don't know what's going on. I don't really want to know what's going on, but I hope that they find out he's actually Canadian. He played on the U.S. team. He's just like staying longer and longer, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's face it. Lewis is definitely Canadian. Um, I'm sure you saw like just jokes about it all over Facebook. Uh, members of the American delegation, we did get together. Uh, we proposed the trade. Um, we solidified the trade with by doing shots with our Aussie and Irish allies. Uh, we ended up trading Lewis for Canada's metric system because I think that it's definitely useful. Um, why America doesn't use the metric system, I don't know, but I, don't I think. <laughs> was that uh, was that the cops coming from coming for Lewis there? There's <laughs> <laughs> a, there's a wait, man bugged outside so, his, his, his house Tasha I'd like to know who's on this US delegation I want, I want names it's a secret committee I was going to say it sounds like some deep state stuff but hey we yeah, finally uh, we finally joined the rest of the world with the metric system I'm, I'm okay with that sorry Lou it's time oh, for us to get with the rest of the, uh, the world there I mean, I mean to be fair like that's a that's a very good trade like the metric system is where it's at. Yeah, something you can, uh, that's a legacy to leave behind. <laughs> but uh, go on. So I, I think I got it now, but uh, I'll uh, see if I can remember that when I talk to you in Nationals. Um, but going back to being selected, Tasha, what was that like for you? Um, definitely the same progress as uh, Kim and Lewis. Um, first tryouts, it was definitely very difficult. Uh, just learning how to grip the balls. I am five foot one, uh, my hands are pretty small. So it was um, just a learning curve of how to hold the balls, how to throw the balls. Um, if you're not following through on your throws, the vinyl tends to just slip out of your hands, unlike playing with like rubber or foam. Um, so when we did the America's Cup, definitely noticed a lot of progress. And then I did the tournament in Canada and made a tremendous amount of progress when we did that tournament. So just you know just a lot of practicing just a lot of gaining confidence um so i was definitely very honored to be selected 
Um, it was a very long process. Um, I'm sure um, my teammates can vouch for that. Um, we definitely became very anxious. Um, we weren't getting a lot of communication on, are we, did we not do well? Are we on the team? So happy that it was validated. Um, I think we all put in the work. So it was great to, to see our names on that list. Nice. How does, uh, how does pizza help prepare? Other than it's amazing and just best for everything, but like, how did that, how did that get sniped in there? Pizza? Somebody Rob, made the remark, that like, not eating pizza. Yeah. <laughs> well, Masha made this joke on Thursday when we got to New York, and she was wondering if I was actually ready to play because all I post and all I talk about is pizza. I mean, can everybody vouch for that? I mean, he only posts pizza. <laughs> but, but at the same time, so I was concerned. <laughs> at the same time, what's wrong with just posting pizza? What's wrong with just eating pizza? I mean, let's face it, pizza is pretty fatty. Um, <laughs> a lot of cheese, a lot of carbs. So I wasn't sure if he was using that for energy and fuel. And when I saw him, surprise, surprise, he looked amazing. Rob, you look great. It's that pizza diet. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I want. I want. I need to try this pizza diet for for scientific purposes. Um, right, for research. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you did look pretty good on on CBS. Rob, not like you looked bad or anything, but you definitely look a little more toned and and cut um, from previous. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, so Thanks, obviously Steve. something's working. Um, and that reminds me of a question I want to ask. When you talked to your trainer and you said, "I'm preparing for the dodgeball world championships," like what? Did he look at you weird, or um, how'd that conversation you know, go? This, guy, this guy is pretty young. He just opened up a, um, a new facility near me, so I kind of just went and talked with him. And he's actually, uh, his wife is cousins uh, with Michelle Radley on Empire and uh, Anarchy, and also played on the women's and mixed team USA. But, um, so I went and talked with him, and he was all about it. He wanted to just say, let's go. And uh, he works a lot with baseball players, and I told him it's not just strictly throwing. It's all these different things. We kind of put some stuff together to see what would work and it's fun and it's working. Would you ever consider sharing that workout? Yeah, sure. So I've seen people post on dodgeball family asking for like, what, what do you do to condition your, your body for, for dodgeball? And that's, I think that's like, you just watch Dave's dojo, right? That's all it is. Uh, I think that's for the mental aspect. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you really want to get an edge above your enemies, it's, it's all about the mental. If you watch uh, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, some of this stuff. I just wonder, like, when are the, when are the cops gonna bust in and and grab him? But uh, yeah, if you uh, if you remember, you should share that. Uh, I think people would, would benefit from what you can actually do to to get in prime dodgeball shape. Um, wanted to ask, and we kind of covered it with just adapting to the play style on the balls. But were there any other challenges that you guys faced? Um, just in preparation from from getting to the uh, the World Cup, or just um, you know understanding like who your team is, or were there any other like yeah I don't I don't want to say issues, but anything else come up that you guys had to kind of mitigate or work through? And we'll start with you, Rob. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm three hours from the city. And I think I was the last one to get there, uh, both for USA and for anybody any other 13 nations. Um, so that was kind of frustrating. It was it was kind of frustrating to see England was practicing with each other in, uh, in New York at a YMCA. You know, Hong Kong was taking over handball courts. Uh, Malaysia had training facilities going, and I'm just sitting here at home kind of like hanging out, mowing my lawn. Um, 
That was one thing. Uh, obviously, not knowing and, or playing with other team members was tough, and I wanted some time to just talk with them, sit with them, and uh, play dodgeball with them. Um, that was huge. And then the ball, uh, we were used to this a little, a little bit different. They changed the ball just a little bit for the uh, for the New York. They didn't use a uh, a screen print logo on the ball, which some people use for grip. Um, so that was just a little, little change. That kind of freaked everybody out because Lou sent a picture and kind of like scared the whole group. But um, <laughs> it was nice to know there's a little bit of a change. But it really wasn't that different. We were just scared for no reason. I think we're looking for excuses, but it really wasn't that yeah. different. So those are a couple things that kind of like frustrated me early and got me a little anxious. Like, wow, let me get down there and feel this ball and see what the heck's going on and meet my teammate. Yeah, you once, mentioned once we got together and started uh, and started playing and started gelling on Friday, um, it started picking up game by game. And all those like worries kind of just went out the window. Yeah, and you know how it is with the dodgeball. Once the whistle blows, you know, all the crap stops. Oh, I love that. Everything goes out the window. Life, work, family, anything, yep. just, it's gone. All that matters is, is dodgeball. And because uh, early in the, in the precap, you mentioned like the the logo kind of maybe gives you an advantage. So that uh, you said that, that didn't really impact you guys too much once you actually got your hands on one? No, it wasn't bad. I think uh, Canada just asked Lou to freak you guys out. Probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, uh, well, how about you, Kim? Um, any additional like challenges or hurdles that you had to overcome just to get prepared and get to the the cup? Um, not really, and particularly, I think one of the biggest challenges was just getting there and figuring out a way to get from Maryland up there. Because um, Jeremy and I couldn't go together because he had to work. And I wanted to be up there for our little mini team practice and powwow that we had. So I think just transportation, getting up there was probably the worst part for me. Which is like 90% of the problems for, for every dodgeball player out there. Just the yeah, pretty much. I just did a budget today to see how much I spent on dodgeball travel this year. And it's Ooh. insane Don't how much, yeah, yeah, I not. made myself cry a little. But, but it's all worth it. I missed one round, and I'm I still don't want to even think about it. I'm just gonna. <laughs> it never happened. I just I got there for free. That's that's what happened. <laughs> um, how about you, Lou? Any any challenges or issues that you had to overcome in preparation for uh, the cup? One of the big things was like it was that week. I think it was that Thursday. That's when literally entire like team USA finally got together. And it's just like that was when we had to, you know, figure out like, you know, play styles. Like we had a, a mini practice that Thursday. And so, yeah, because like obviously East Coast, we had our practices. West Coast had their practices. So it was like anxious to finally like get the team together and like talk strats, like, you know, figure everything out. And I remember that Tuesday, I was at the scrimmages that uh, Malaysia, Australia, Austria, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, like I was at those scrimmages watching and I was just like, oh, I wish my team was here. I want, I want to scrim these guys so bad. But um, I think that was a big thing, like just trying to, just waiting for the whole team to get there so we could finally like, you know, talk, get things, you know, rolling and stuff. Where, uh, when, you, when you saw everybody, um well, I guess you probably knew in advance, but was, was anybody that you, like you'd never seen before, like, or was has the dodgeball community gotten so close now that we all at least have heard of one another at some point? Like, I've only, like 
when in terms of WDA, like I've only seen um like videos from Manchester. So I, I've I've seen the teams, but I've never really knew anyone. But um, they were they were practicing at one of our Sandlot gyms. So I was there. I was watching everyone, and I was like, "Oh man, these everyone can play!" Like it it was exciting to see all these countries like going, and like it was ridiculous. I wish I could have played. <laughs> it would have been a lot of fun. But um, but seeing but seeing all of those teams for the first time like really made me anxious. Like I really want to play now. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure that's. I mean that that's just a common thing. You see dodgeball happening. You just party is always going to want to jump in regardless of who yeah. or, or, or what um how about you tasha aside from um you know being able to get the ball and and whatnot wouldn't were there any other challenges that you had to deal with or overcome um you know there was no challenges um traveling um it was just honestly just seeing lewis just sending us all these information about each team because he has the luxury of being in new york city so he was kind of like our, uh, our gateway to, to intel of all the other countries. Um, so by him feeding us all this, this, this insight of all these different countries, it was making me just a little nervous. Um, you know, and the ball change was definitely, like, at the time, it was like a scandal. Like, we were calling it, like, hashtag Ballgate 2018. Um, <laughs> but, like, Rob touched on, you know, once the whistle blew, we were all fine. Um, but but no challenges leading up. It was more just like the days, like when we were there, and just the just being anxious. I think we're all just anxious. Gotcha. Yeah. So if, if I'm hearing this correctly, it sounds like uh, Lou's well versed in espionage, information gathering. It's almost like he does this for a living. Just that's our guy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Noted. Um, Cool. Well, we kind of touched on this already, but let's just go into day one. And um, I did want to ask, like, how did the excitement and the hype compare to that of any other nationals or any other large dodgeball events? Like, I almost want to say off the bat, it, it probably doesn't. But, Rob, do you want to go ahead and just kind of weigh in on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think when you see, you know, all these different countries that speak a different language, that use a different currency, that are playing the same game as you, everything else is kind of out the window. And, it kind of trumps any other tournament you ever had. I know mentally for me, like I really don't care about any other tournament other than one that we participated in last weekend. So uh, that was kind of like my mindset going in. And no matter how it was, that was my only focus and that was going to be the biggest tournament of my career. Um, so that's how I saw it. Did it feel, so even though you've done this before in uh, 2016 and you played in the Outcast uh, or you played with Outcast for that tournament in Germany, did this kind of did those two like help you for this one, or was it just something like brand new all over again? Well, it was brand new because we were a new team, new focus. We weren't just like you know two years ago. I felt like, all right, this is you. It's the first World Cup. We don't really play this island, and play this ball. Um, Germany was cool because I saw some teams, some players from countries I saw in Manchester. So it was more of that in New York. A lot more familiar faces, people that you're excited to see, haven't seen in a year or two. Um, but it was just, like I said, it was just the mindset to, to do better and to focus on us and do the best we can. Gotcha. Uh, how about you, Kim? Um, how, how would it compare to any other tournaments, um, or, 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 or does it even, or did it, rather? So I don't think it does compare to any other tournaments. Um, 
just because it was international on such a large scale. And yeah, and like the seriousness of it all in the end, like after day one, I mean, the women's team, we were working really hard just so we could play the next day at Madison Square Garden. And, you know, I've never had to play a tournament where like that was an issue coming back the next day. So I think there's just a whole new level of um, I guess seriousness is the best word I can come up with for it. Like the stakes increased or something? Yeah, yeah, it was way more high stakes involved. Okay, so if, um, and maybe I missed this when I was talking to you, Rob, last week or two weeks ago, but if you didn't perform well on day one, you weren't guaranteed day two? Um, was everybody was guaranteed one game uh, at Madison Square Garden, but it depends on if it was worth anything. You know, it could go to the quarterfinals or it could be just a, like a ninth to 10th place play-in game. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that, that is, that's new. Um, definitely. Yeah, so in that, in that game, if you're not, if you don't advance to the quarterfinals, even if you win, you're done. It's just kind of like a, let's see where you placed kind of, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, and I think most of us are so used to now playing like double elimination tournaments that the thought of being one and done just kind of flew out the window for me at first. Yeah, that's. And I think I think too, like every team there has their own individual teams where it's like their rep kind of carries a lot, you know, and they don't really think about they could be eliminated, they could be the worst one there. You know, a lot, you know, a lot of us, not to sound arrogant, a lot of us walk into the gym knowing that we're one of the top teams in the place and we're kind of relaxed. That was not it at Meadow Square Garden. Nobody, nobody gives a, a uh, I can't swear on this, but nobody really cares uh, what your other team did in the States. They just want to eliminate you as quick as possible. Yeah, you're just uh, an opponent. Um, first of all, thank you for watching your the swear words. Uh, I forgot <laughs> how much you swore. I was like, you oh, yeah. Bleeps are kind of funny. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I don't <laughs> mind it too much because I get to use that bleep noise, and it's hilarious. But, yeah, sometimes it's a little tease. It's like, oh, man, I missed one from Rob. You swore again. <laughs> Dang it. Um, how about how about you, uh, Lou? Like, what was um, what was the hype and excitement like? And, and, I mean, does it compare to any events that you've been to previously? Nah, I think so far this has been, like, the top for me so far. Like, like I said, my first like world like international tournament, and it was crazy just to have it at Madison Square Garden, like of all places. Like that just took it to like new heights, and like seeing all the media and everyone there, and just seeing all these countries. Like everyone's so like friendly. Like not that I thought otherwise, but like it's, it's it was just so crazy. Like so far, this is the top for me. Yeah, I guess it's just different if it's people from another country speaking a different language, but they're still friendly, still excited to, to see you and still like a different sense of community versus maybe teams you're used to seeing over the past couple of years. Exactly. Yeah, because how long have you been playing in Elite? Was it like a couple of years? Uh, this is my third Elite season. Gotcha. Yeah, so this really just opened up a whole new like world, literally, of, of, of dodgeball for you, being on, on this kind of stage. Yeah, man, it's only going to keep going up from here, in my opinion, so. Yeah, for sure. And uh, how about you, Tasha? Um, you know, how did it compare to, to anything that you've done previously? Um, you know, this was definitely bigger than, like I mentioned earlier, than I expected. Um, I play a lot of dodgeball. You know, I'm a part of Team Precision on the East, 
So, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm used to looking at a game and, you know, like just being ready for that game. So I really tried to um, embody those motions when I was on the court to just look at it as, you know what, we're home turf, we're in New York City, we're home compared to everybody else in the other countries. So I, I was trying my best to kind of look at it as this is just another game. But then when you're playing against these countries and, you know, we uh, we had a really tough group. I don't know if you uh, you saw that, but we had England in our group. We had Austria. Um, we had Hong Kong and then our, our friends in Canada. So when we were playing against those two top teams, Austria and England, uh, I think that's when it hit me that, you know, this is definitely not uh, another game back home in Baltimore or Jersey or New York playing elite. This is definitely uh, this is a lot different. <laughs> These right. teams are really good. Uh, they work hard year round. So it was great to experience that. Um, you know, I was just honored to be there. Couple of, so a couple of questions. One was, so like seeing media there, did that, did that mess with you at all? Like when you walk in, you're like, holy crap, like there's like vices here. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm just like assuming. But when you saw cameras, um, did that did that make it more difficult for you or, or challenging or did that impact you in any way? Um, I think that it just created more of a hype. I think that we were, we walked in, we knew that we were Team USA. We knew that press wanted to highlight us. Um, so I think that really got us motivated. Um, but then, you know, when you're playing these hard countries, you know, it, it just really puts in hindsight of, you know, how talented, you know, other countries and other people are outside of what you know. Right, and that was the second part, because, like, you go to, like, Elite, and you're like, oh, okay, I know Mike McGee throws incredibly hard. I know <laughs> exactly. this guy yep. catches really well. I know, you know, XYZ, there's film. But when you're looking at Team England, you're like, uh, I don't know what any of these people are capable of. Was that fair to say across all teams, or were you able to, like, kind of identify patterns or kind of point, like, who's going to do damage, or what was that like? Just kind of going in blind, I guess, or...? It was for me. It was going in blind. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, we we all know Canada. We play we play with them. They're our friends. We're we're in a Snapchat group with them, so uh, we know them. And you know, we we were able to be successful against them, but definitely against the other countries, we had no idea who they were, how they play, uh, what their strategy was. Um, Rob, I'm not sure what it was like on your on your end, on the men's end. If you like to chime in, yeah, um, we could do a quick scouting report you know some familiar faces uh, from Manchester from the first World Cup also from the film so we kind of knew you know when we played England it was kind of funny because I didn't recognize any of the faces and then uh, we realized that their starters weren't even in when we played them in full play um, you know that was kind of humbling and uh, kind of crazy but you could you definitely knew who was doing what from the recognizable players from both the film and uh, the World Cup two years ago. And that was that. Uh, would that be fair? This, ah, let me slow down. Would that be fair to say the same for you, um, Lou? Like, was Rob feeding you intel on these guys? Like, who to look out for, or like, how was it? What was it like from from your perspective? Oh, definitely. Like, uh, we had an email chain, and I think it was Coach Fox. He sent us links of videos to watch, which was basically like the top teams from 2016. So I was definitely watching a lot of a lot of tape, but at the same time, like seeing it in person, like really opens your eyes. Like, because at the same time, 
you don't know what they're capable of. As much like at least for me, as much film as I watched, like seeing it in person was like a whole like a whole different thing for me. It really opened my eyes and it made me really made me realize like how big this is. Like these countries are crazy. Like they have their own like managers, they have their own medical staff, they have their own masseuse. Like Yeah. Their own water boys. Austria, yeah. they had a water boy. Let me tell you, England had the sharpest like dressed manager I've ever seen. I was like, oh, okay, yes. <laughs> so he, I, had, he had a walkie-talkie like with an earpiece talking to his other managers, his other staff. Hold on. That's nuts. There's multiple layers of what the heck here. So they had a manager, first of all. And then you say managers, and then they, like, they have a staff? Yeah. How, what did... What do you need a staff for? Like, what? What are they? They had, they had a camera set up with a guy on top of, like, behind general admission seating, videoing the matches and radio, like, taking down stats and radioing down to the coaches on the court, like a like a NFL football. Like, jeez, like play like play coordinators, I guess, like the guys that are up in the skybox. Yeah, maybe, they, maybe they'll see a pattern that the other their opponents are doing or what their play calls all are, are or whatever it is. But they had a camera and coaches set up in the way back radioing down to the earpiece the guys on the court uh pardon me future steve but holy <laughs> that's ridiculous like <laughs> i wow um it, it's serious <laughs> wow yeah they take it very seriously I, yeah i mean <laughs> i'm still like getting over the past like the fact that there's a coach um like that's always been you know like a, a running joke like oh one day we'll have a team that, that we'll have a coach and because that's what we're gonna do when we're too old to play maybe we'll hop on yeah and then now there's managers and I'm just like picturing this um, I don't know if you guys ever saw like the Mighty Ducks 2 we have like the Iceland team where like guys like super sharply dressed with his like hair slicked back and he's just like oh, yeah. hates yeah. the world that's what, that's what they had at the end of each match they, they literally would run everybody would have like team sips of water out of like their own little water bottles and they had their own England towels they would towel off and then they would reset and line up oh my god oh yeah I remember every player had their own like, <laughs> I was like I was oh. like, where's our Gatorade bottle? It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, oh, somebody kicked it under the bleachers. Let me wipe the, the dust off of it. Right, yeah. Wow. But there was a, they had a person designated to set all that up for when a match ends. God dang, that's that's insane. Yeah. I, I still, I'm, I'm going to be an offer a little bit. I, I still can't get over that. Just the implications, like okay, this is seri- this is taken very seriously in other countries. They have staff, so people are getting paid for this, I imagine. So they're not just volunteering or pulled from the bleachers to like retrieve balls for for you guys. Like they have their own water bottles. They have like just, I yeah, you can probably tell I'm, I'm all over the place, but, but we need to get with it. Just dang, that's that's incredible. I mean, we were mind blown, you know. Yeah. To to see they they all had like sweat towels that said England dodgeball and they were presented to them at the end of each match to just towel off cool off and then they would line up get ready for the next match (laughs) I I don't don't know how this is going to sound this might sound terrible but like we're freaking America like we should be able to afford (laughs) water bottles for our own teammates thanks for your honesty (laughs) yeah like why are we looking like we're you know just uh, yeah just it's a learning curve, right? It's a learning curve. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I mean, we got two years to figure it out, but geez. Details matter, right? Details matter. Yeah, can exactly. we get like, <laughs> yeah, 
can we just like hire some temporary guy and like go to maybe Goodwill and get him into in a business suit and we'll just like slowly build or build up. That's incredible. Um, man, I can't I can't get over that. Um, but I guess on on that on that note, um, like overall, what what else stood out to you guys? Um, and we'll go to Kim for this one. Like any any and, and you were you're a women's right women's division. Yeah, that's correct. So what what teams uh, did you notice that were just just super on or, or uh, give you guys a run for your money? Like, just kind of walk me through that if you can. Um, I think hands down, Austria and England were extremely difficult teams to face. Um, it, like, we came out against Austria. Austria was our first match, and the first game, we come out, and we beat them, and we're just like, oh, all right, we got this. Yeah, they didn't like that, so then they kind of wiped the floor with us. <laughs> Make too happy. But yeah, they they hated that. <laughs> like you can just see this fire, like in their eyes, spark. Like yeah, no more. Yeah, no more. They had really crazy formations. Uh, Steve, if, if I see you at nationals, I like to, to show you what how they how they do things. Formations. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, they go in like waves. Like one wave goes up and throws. A second wave comes up to counter. It's really interesting. Huh. It's awesome. They play yeah. like uh like like passing batons. Mm -hmm. It's really insane. They they all line up like one behind the other, racing for the balls. They throw the balls all back to their three people, and then they all run. It's insane. I'll show you. I'll show you at nationals. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and because Rob, you you kind of talked about like how it's like it's it penalizes you if you have all the balls. So you want to throw, 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 throw as much as you can. And so it's it's curious. It, it, it's interesting to think about what teams would do to overcome that or, or build a strategy around that. So I, I'm really curious to see like how that wave strategy uh, plays plays out, what it looks like, and is that something that you think would be brought into um, like 8.5 rubber or no sting or like elite or I guess US dodgeball or do you think that's just something that we'll only see in the DWA? I personally think that it's extremely successful. Um, it was interesting to watch. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you definitely have to be very fit and fast to do this. Right. Um, yeah, I would like to to show you guys at nationals. That'd be cool to see. Because I, I always wonder, like, and we, we, we talk about this all the time, if you go back to 2010 when we thought we were at the height of dodgeball, we looked like just completely lost, lost <laughs> frantic children hurling balls at each other. But now we think, oh, yeah, we've tightened up the strategy. It, it can't get any more. The, there's, like, no new ideas now. We have our corners. We have our pressers. We have, like, X, Y, Z. And then I, it's really cool to think that there's another way to play out there or more elements to introduce into the sport and just continue to develop the, the play style. I'm really excited to see that now. Um, kind of got sidetracked there, but that, that's totally fine. Um, so let's go ahead and go to Lou. Um, how about you? Did you uh, did you see any like any teams that stood out the most for you, or players, or just what? What can you take away from day one? Uh, kind of like what uh, Kim said. For us, it was England. Um, England. We started. We started hot. It was like we started three zero, I believe. We won the first three matches. And then all of a sudden, England calls a timeout, and because there are timeouts in uh, for the World Cup, England calls a timeout, and then all of a sudden we see like three guys just you know take off their their warm ups, start warming up, and we're like, huh, all right, you know, we maybe we like frazzled them, and then 
then they started just like almost rolling a train. Um, so yeah, that was that was tough to say the least. Um, but it was still fun. But England was definitely like at least when we played them after first three games we won. Like they they definitely showed like why they were one of the top teams, one of the top countries. So if if someone were to ask what's the toughest country out there right now, it would be England. Is that fair to say? They well, right now they'd be one of the toughest because um, with at least on the men's side with Austria winning it, like they they were on a roll, obviously because they they won men's division. So, but England is still definitely one of the top teams. It's like Austria and England are going to be the teams to to really watch next. Next yeah, cup. and and even Malaysia. Malaysia was still consistent. They got second, I think, in Manchester. They got second in New York. So, like those three countries, still top, top of the game. Gotcha. Um, actually, so let's go into some of the higher level stuff. I might have uh, glossed over because we I just dove right in. Um, how many countries were there total for for US? And this could be Rob or, or Lou, whoever can. Uh, for the World Cup, there were 13 nations playing. 13. And then uh, for the women's? That's... Oh, just just all around. All yeah, all around. yeah, all around. Yeah, that was, a, that was a dumb question. That's that's the elite mentality. Like, oh, yeah, we, this is going to be a different <laughs> yeah, round of opening code. There were 13 total countries, and each division had 10 countries. Gotcha. That's crazy. Um... Yeah, back up one quick. So we'll go with uh, we'll finish men's real quick. How did you guys uh finish um after day one? Like, what was your seed or your, or your placement? Uh, day one was tough. You know, we played Northern Ireland first. Uh, I think if we played them later in the day, maybe like our second or third game, I think we would have beat them. It was tough to get past them. Uh, just playing with each other and just kind of jumping in and going. Then we played Australia. We beat them pretty handedly. Felt pretty good. Then we had a long, kind of a long wait, kind of sitting around, kind of cooling off. And then we faced England, lost to them, and we smoked Canada pretty, pretty easily. Um, so day day one, night one was was pretty good. We ended up uh, seated third, Madison Square Garden, and we'll play. We play in the quarterfinals against the two seeds from uh, Group B, which ended up being Malaysia. Uh, it was a long night. Um, but it was good to get to go two and two. We felt pretty good. Felt a lot better than we did uh, 2016, and we we're excited for the next day. That started like seven hours later. Yeah, you say it was a long day and night. How, how, like, what time did it start? What time did you guys finish the entire uh, division? Uh, the venue was a- had a different uh, event going on until about 3:30 in the afternoon, so we got started about 4 okay. p.m. and then we finished about 1:30 in the morning, 1:15, 1:30 in the morning. Oh man. Yeah, we also got backed up, not only from that event, but when that event was over, we were still setting up Basketball City, so that delayed us. I think from the start, we were delayed about an hour, and then I think it got delayed by another like half hour, maybe, so some teams weren't even done until, like, like you said, one thirty in the morning, I think. Yeah, so just yeah it, was, it, was a, it was definitely a long day, um, but I think adrenaline kind of took over. Um, one of our teammates, Brett Granfers, that plays for Empire, he uh, he broke his finger pretty badly, so he didn't get back from ER until about four in the morning. 
and I was rooming with him, so I was up for a while. Um, well, I think we all were kind of, we didn't need a second wind or anything. We kind of continued on for Madison Square Garden. And when I saw everybody come in about 9, 10 um, in the morning at Madison Square Garden, they looked refreshed and ready to go. Well, I mean, playing marathon dodgeball is no, you're no stranger to that. No. You've proven your endurance like a couple times, right? That's right. For sure. Um, that reminds me, uh, who, uh, who was that guy that had like a bloody face? What's that about? Uh, I have questions. That's my other teammate. Two of my teammates had to go to the ER. Um, yeah, we were playing on a concrete floor at Madison Square Garden, and uh, he just kind of went down for a dodge. He dodged it, but, you know, he hit his face Didn't off the ground. He kind of got up, and he was like, ah, is that blood? Is it red? <laughs> like, yeah, <it's laughs> he, didn't, he didn't even like, know he got cut. He's like, is it bad? I'm like, it looks bad. <laughs> like, it looks tough. Um, <laughs> And he kept. He initially like he kept apologizing to the referees because he got blood on the floor. That's just the kind of guy he is. He's just super nice. He ended up getting uh, fourteen stitches above his eye. Oh man. Yeah. <clears throat> sorry, my injury is is showing. I'm sorry about that. Just excuse right, me. Right. Yeah. Can, can I have a towel to clean up the blood? Like he literally asked for a towel to clean up his own blood. <laughs> Dude, let's just let's just rub up the gash in your face right now, and we'll, we'll clean the course up. <laughs> Meanwhile, England has their own surgeon that they're like, hey, we can let you guys use this guy if you want. Um, you can take a look at you. Hey, you know, we have Alfred, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have Dr. Kwan. Dr. Kwan, nice. Can't go wrong with a, a doctor in your ranks. Um, that's crazy. And he's okay, obviously. You know, I think he was just more upset that he had to sit out or was he able to play the next day? Yeah, no, it was this, it was the second day, and uh, oh, second he day. went to Madison Square Gardens medic like room, and then they brought him over to the emergency room across the street and got 14 stitches. So he missed he missed the rest of the day. Ah, oh, bummer. But you know, both my my friends from my area have some pretty cool blood stains on the USA jerseys. That's kind of cool. Not gonna lie. Kind of. <laughs> um. Well, let's let's go into women's real quick. So how um. How, how did women's place overall, Kim? So on paper, it did not look great. I think we f finished overall in ninth. Um, however, if you watch our matches, like even against Austria and England and these powerhouse teams we played the first day, we weren't getting blown out like, you know, six nothing, six players to none of our players. Like we were losing because of time and they'd have one or two more players than us. Like... It was coming down to like two versus ones at the end. So we were hanging in there with them. They were just either closing them a little bit quicker or, you know, the time was running out that they just had one or two more players each time. And so if uh, if the game ends and there's players standing, is that points or how does that impact you guys? So if the time ends and they have more players than us, they win that game. They win. Um if it is the same amount of players on both sides, it is a draw, and each team will get a point. Gotcha. So, like I was saying, on paper, you know, the women's finish doesn't look great, but overall, we're all extremely talented players, and the only thing we were really lacking was the team chemistry and, you know, knowing what each other's going to do on the court. We didn't get practice time except for, like, 20 minutes the night before, half the team I never even saw before or met or talked to except in our group chat. So I think that was our one downfall is just we didn't have enough time to practice together as a team and, you know, build that chemistry on the court. Gotcha. 
did that um were able to kind of correct or work on that for day two or was day two just because it was one and done Uh, because it was one and done it was really difficult um and we, we wanted to make sure that everyone on the women's squad got to play at madison square garden so um there was a lot of substitutions and stuff gotcha so overall, it wasn't like maybe not the the showing you guys would have hoped for, but you guys weren't getting steamrolled. No, not by any means. Like I said, I mean it was like they beat us by one or two players when time runs out, or they beat us two to one at the ends, stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, Tasha, how about you? Let's let's talk about mixed um, a little bit. How did you guys finish overall? So because I was with, um, I was on the women's team and the mixed team, I didn't have too many opportunities to play with the mix um, because they they wanted me to kind of just stay on the women's team. But the the two games that I did play with the mixed team, um, like Brandon Cook was on fire. Jordan was amazing. Um, Those two guys were definitely uh, the uh, the backbone of that mixed team. it was definitely a lot of fun playing with them. I kind of wish that I, I had more opportunities to, to continue playing with the mixed team because there was definitely a lot of talent. Uh, they went into day two as the third seed. Um, in order to advance, we had to beat Australia. Um, and they were, they, they were ready. Uh, they got their rest. They, they came in strong. Um, so it was unfortunate that we, uh, we couldn't advance because they, they definitely put in a lot of work and they, they, were, they played amazing. And you said uh, some of the players that stood out was was Brandon Cook and Jordan. Um, do you know his last name by chance? Perkowski. Perkowski. Yeah. Oh, and Kevin Pack. I can't forget Kevin. <clears throat> I was Kevin ask, was so good. I was going to ask if, uh, if Captain Falcon was playing. Um, how did he look? I haven't seen that guy play in a long time. He looked great. He was making plays. He was definitely um, just the clutch player. Um, he was the last one in, and he was just taking everybody out by himself. Um, yeah, amazing guys. They did really well. Sounds, I'm proud of all of them. Sounds like Kevin. And you said that they uh, they they got third. Um, are they seated third? Am I saying that correctly? Is that how? Yes. Out? Gotcha. Yep. We're seated. Yeah, seated third going into day two. Gotcha. Um, very cool. So, were you guys? Um, were were these? I don't want to say were these divisions uh, run concurrently, or did was it like? Because you already went, like, men's went to one thirty in the morning, so how did that work for the rest of the divisions? Um, well, with the women's, our, our last game was against Canada, um, and we were definitely playing until 1 a.m. Uh, Kim, was that was that correct? I yeah. think I looked at, yeah, go on. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I think I looked down at my, my watch, and it definitely said, like, 12.57, and yeah. we were, Man, we were still incredible. playing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think uh, three out of four of our total, like, U.S. games, like all three divisions, were playing at the same time. So the... uh, Might might be a dumb question. I probably should have asked earlier. So the the mixed team did not, like, the men from the mix did not play in the men's open team. It was two separate teams? Rob, chime in. I wasn't quite sure who was yeah. who was on what. We had a few people that were on both rosters. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know that 
a lot of countries treat all uh, all divisions pretty seriously. They want to do well in all divisions. Um, so we didn't really know who's going to fit better where. Like Cook fit on both teams. He was very successful and helpful to both teams. Right. Um, Josh Ty, I thought he set he fit better on the the mixed team. He had a little more time there. Um, but you know, like Kevin Pack played strictly on mix. Uh, Lou and I played strictly on men's. Um, so there's a few people that were on both rosters. And the mix, the women's and the men's all played um, at Basketball City Day 1 kind of at the same time. They had nine courts going. So they just kind of ran through their their schedule. Gotcha. So it was optional. Like you weren't confined to just one one division. You could have played in both if, if applicable. Right. But I think... And I hope people from U.S. Dodgeball think, think that you need to have three separate teams. Because you know, we were playing, like Lou said, we all played Canada with our last game at the same exact time. Yeah. And, and the, the mixed coach coming over to a men's team, like, oh, I need I need Kush or I need Cook. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> I need <laughs> Yeah, I think that's something that could be improved is, like, each division needs to have their own set of players. And you find your roles, too. You know, like, if Cook is killing it, on men's and he comes over to mix and he's, he hits the bench or whatever, he's going to lose all that fire, you know? So I think um, having three separate teams will work better. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, especially if um, just because the dynamic's going to change and, and roll and you don't want somebody that's on fire to, to go cold. Um, I did have a question on uh, would, would, did you guys do anything post uh, day one or were you guys just too exhausted to even... To, to, uh, I, I went to Walgreens and I bought some coconut water and some turkey and I went back to the room and I watched uh, live PD and I fell asleep when Brett got home. <laughs> That's what I did. How about you, Kim? What did you do after uh, day one? Uh, we went straight home, but home for us, I was staying with my good friend and teammate, Sam Girardi. Thank you again, Sam, for hosting me and Jeremy for the weekend. Uh, but she lives in New Jersey and we took like a $76 Uber ride straight back. And I think we got back around three or three thirty. What was that? And then passed what? out immediately. Was there a conversation with the Uber driver? Like where you guys are coming from or? You know what? I don't even like remember. I was so tired at that point. I think we did. I think we definitely did. Yeah. And then Jeremy had put in the wrong address. Like apparently there were two exact street names and numbers in two different towns in New Jersey. Oh, that, that happens. So we ended up in a very not safe part of New Jersey for a few minutes until we got rerouted. That's fun. That's uh, if I want to end uh, an intense day of dodgeball. It's been in the wrong neighborhood. Just trying to get to bed. Um, how about you, Lou? What did you do after day one? Took a Uber with Tasha, Kate. Who else was in the Uber? Darcy. And that was it, right? Yeah, like, um, like Yeah, we uh we all pulled a rob. Uh we ended up getting a New York pizza. Mm. Um getting pizza. And then we yeah, and then we all passed out. <laughs> awesome. Um well very cool. I kinda wanted to go to day two, uh, but it sounds like it was pretty much I don't want to say one and done, but that's literally what it was. So was there anything drastically different going into day two from day one other than uh, changing the venue? Um, we can start with you, Rob, on that one. Like, What was just like the major takeaway overall for you for day two? Um, the, the major difference and the major takeaway was uh, 
the stage it was on and how organized it felt. You know, we, we spoke about how I wish it wasn't a Meadow Square Garden and blah, 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 and I regret saying that. But um, everything was thought out pretty well. The cameras looked great. Like, people at MSG were expecting us. They knew who it – one guy was like, hey, you're Rob Immel. Anything you need, you let me know. I'm like, oh, what? nice to meet you, Larry. You know, like, this is great. I'm fine. Uh, they had prayer rooms set up. They had a warm-up area. They had coaches' rooms. Um, they had athlete seating. We had credentials. Like, it was – it was an awesome stage. Uh, the lighting was cool. The courts looked great. So other than, you know, the format's the same, the rules are the same, but everything was just stepped up super professional and made it that much more fun. Um, and even though, you know, unfortunately we're all one and done, like the game that we all played held a lot more than just playing for a place and playing for one and done. Like it was a battle. Um, and it was, it was just, everything was elevated for that day too. So it was, it was, it was a battle, but it was also, I mean, it sounds like you had the treatment that every dodgeball player craves and yearns for of being taken seriously, of having that random person who knows you asking if you need anything to getting credentials, to getting seating. Like you yeah, had to, you had to you live know, that, right? Like, I, I didn't think New York really cared. I didn't think that they were going to care, honestly. Um, but they did. Like you talk about, you know, Uber drivers wondering, like uh, people working next door, uh, we're asking about the dodgeball thing. They'd see our shirts. I'm walking to the M&M store in Times Square with my family, and you hear people like, oh, there's a dodgeball guy. Or oh, like, they know about it. They knew about it. So that was super cool, and I kind of almost had that uh, overseas-type feel. I know how, how serious it is over in Europe, and I kind of got that feel. So maybe that finally America is catching up and jumping onto it. That's really cool, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask, like, because, um, you know, we talked about, in the interview with you like how the the germans were like housing you and they treating you guys like like athletes and for a second you thought it was going to go like full hostile for a little bit because they were being too nice but um it's good to see that that's finally making its way uh to the states like like i said we all every dodgeball player like craves for that and, and wants that to happen so it's cool that it's it's finally doing so yeah and you know the media there was uh they steered clear pretty much from the movie from that that stupid subtitle that we always see yep. at the start of every interview. And it, it was like super respectful and they treated it as such. It was nice to be treated as an athlete. That's awesome. That's a huge takeaway right there. Um, how about you, Kim? What was the, the major difference for you going from uh, day one to day two and, and just, just living through that entire experience? So as far as like the dodgeball content of it, I felt like day one felt like any normal tournament. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, there's a bunch of different nations there and it's like, you know, very seriously taken. That was all cool. But day two, I agree with Rob. It just felt like the professionalism was stepped up uh, tenfold. And I felt like for the first time, like a professional athlete might feel. Um, it was just very surreal in general. That's incredible. And like there was um, uh, some youth kids there uh, doing like a little youth exhibition match. And one of them like came up and asked if I, like they could give me a hug and like sign a little piece of paper they had for an autograph. And I was like, this is adorable. <laughs> That's gotta feel cool. Yeah, very much so. Youths, they'll, they're good for something sometimes. <laughs> um, how about you, Lou? What, what was it like for you? Um, I mean, day one, day two, all the stops are pulled, looks like, all the bells and whistles yeah, are out. Yeah, I, I the mean, they pretty much said it all. Like, 
the <clears throat> stage, the lights, um, having having to have credentials, and then like seeing the the stand, like seeing the seating area for everyone, and like actually having like fans there was like I like I remember at one point um, I think our our match with Malaysia was done. And like you know, we hugged it out. We uh, took a group photo, and like it's gonna sound really corny, but like during the group photo, like I wanted to cry, and not not for like you know because we lost or anything. No, it was like just because the experience of playing there under the lights in front of everyone was just like really overwhelming. Like it it, it was an incredible experience that day too. Was it uh not not to put words or thoughts into your mind for this experience, but was it like? Did you feel validated? Was that that feeling you felt, or like overwhelmed, overjoyed, or just just a combination of everything? Like, it was a combination of everything. Like I never, like I never would have thought I'd play or like be under that situation, be like a part of it, and it happened. And like it, like it took it took over me. Like my feelings, like. I was like crying on the inside <laughs> trying not to cry on the outside it, it was it was fun it was great somebody let the uh, onion cutting ninjas come in into the venue. <laughs> exactly that's awesome um how about you tasha uh what were your thoughts uh transitioning from day one to day two and, and experiencing just that that awesome treatment uh yeah i mean it's it's pretty awesome to hear everybody else's experiences um so I was with uh, with Kate and, and Darcy. We went out to go and just grab a sandwich for lunch. Um, and we had just, we'd done the, uh, the NY1 local news a uh, little bit in the morning. Um, and there was this gentleman that was on his phone. He literally put down his phone and ran up to us three and was like, I just saw you on the news. I need to get a photo with you right now. I need to send this to my family. And they're like, you're part of Team USA? And we're like, yeah and they're like we, we he's like i hope you know that you guys just kill it um we're all rooting for you it was the coolest thing i've ever experienced in a little sandwich shop in new york city who would have thought that's crazy so that was my yeah it was really crazy so it's cool to like kim said to be treated kind of like you're you're an athlete or you know i mean we are athletes but hope you know what i what i mean by saying that like a celebrity <laughs> I, I was like a celebrity yeah, like a celebrity but but then also like I know you're an athlete um, Kim knows you're one Rob knows you're one um, all dodgeball players know that but people that don't know us like that's that's something totally different right especially after however many years it's been of movie stigma but um, very cool yeah talking about you know being acknowledged by non-dodgeball players um, again I, I've been kind of saving this for for later was the CBS interview that you had Rob like that was freaking incredible and um, no joke man like for me playing dodgeball for 18,000 years it, it was so cool to see a serious uh, clip of dodgeball being portrayed by a professional network without any antics, any stupid copy of like, oh, we're reliving our 10-year-old glory days. It, it was great. And one of the coolest things I, I took away from that was uh, when they mentioned the movie, like, they made a movie about dodgeball? And like, I know you're joking, but that was like the coolest response. And I'm, I'm going to start using that from now on if I ever get, uh, oh, just like the movie. Because um, ironically enough, I was, I was talking to um, some of the sergeants, uh, some of the senior leadership, because I was at drill while this was happening, and they're like, I forget how dodgeball got brought up, but we started talking about it, and then just, just 
sure as sure as crap like oh just like the movie oh, i can't believe this happens like yeah actually the international like the world championships is happening right now uh, as we speak and they were just like just blown away that this was actually happening and then um you know if i wanted to i could i can take this clip from cbs but like here check this out or i could take the vice clip or i can take these articles that are coming out from you know quality um um news news companies but um Aside from all the really cool stuff that's coming out, like what's it been like this past week, Rob? Just kind of recovering from everything, or? Yeah, um, I think you know the soreness has gone away. <laughs> My voice is kind of back. Um, it's kind of funny for me, you know. I, uh, I think a big part of me thought that my last game we played at the Garden, <clears throat> and you know we lost to Malaysia, uh, and that and that and that match, you know, is was, was great. Um, we had them, and we lost, and like. Mm kind of like what Lewis said, like it was tough, like it was pretty emotional, kind of like threw my hands on my head and was like, wow, like the crowd was great, my whole family was there cheering and stuff and like I was like, all right, well this is a good way to go out. And then um, kind of looking back a week later, it's like, like I did okay, like <laughs> it's only two years. So I'm like back in the gym, like I was, I was literally last week I was in the gym focused on 2018 and then on Tuesday I was back in the gym focused on 2020. So you never know what's gonna happen, but you know, seeing these interviews come up and like hearing everybody say, that was so cool. I watched it stream or like, oh, I was rooting for you guys to be on ESPN and I'm going to watch it anyways because, you know, I'm rooting for Malaysia because they beat you. Um, it's just great. And like, like you said, that CBS interview was, was pretty cool. You know, I get this random, uh, random phone call on Friday night or Thursday rather, uh, from a 917 number, I answer it and the guy knew all my information. He's like, you want to follow around for five hours on Saturday? We're going to have you mic'd up. Like, can you do that? And I said, I was a little hesitant because I really didn't care about like anything but playing well and, and representing. So I said, send me some of the stuff that you do or you have done or what you might think it might look like. And he did. And I said, yeah, let's go. I'll see you Saturday. And he literally he was so cool and like so professional about everything and like super gracious. And he, he messaged me um, when it came out well, yesterday. It was like, dude, I could have put together a 10 minute feature on everything. It was incredible, but I had to keep it to what they're allowing us. So just to hear that, it was just pretty awesome. It came out pretty good. So just kind of riding away from that and looking forward to the future. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I was, I was going to say, I really hope that uh, these sound bites and, and clips circulate and give people a much better idea of what um, of what's actually out there and just you know, it gets away from the recreational aspect, the silliness, the movie, just helps us shake that stigma and, and show that there's just um, dodgeball needs to be taken seriously. But um, how about you, Kim? What, what's it been like for you, you know, a week after the fact? Um, honestly, I felt like I was just getting right back to reality. Um, I started a new job the Monday afterwards. So it's been kind of interesting meeting new coworkers and just you know, they asked me immediately, so what'd you do over the weekend? Like, what do you like to do for fun? And then I, you know, got to explain the entire dodgeball life that I live outside of work and explain what the DWC was. And so it's really just been kind of fun educating people that I'm just meeting now about it. Nice. It's kind of been my week. And you've got, you've got good resources to do so now. Like, hey, check this Vice article out or check this... Uh yeah, um, I pointed a couple of people to different articles and videos and live streams, and they're loving it. Very cool. Um, how about you, Lou? What's it been like for you coming down from, uh, you know, being sore, getting your voice back, not being hungover? <laughs> How's your week been? 
I, I, I wasn't even really sore. It was just, this is a good time my voice back finally. And I'm finally like recovered. But um, it's it's been great. Like Monday was back to back to reality, like back to work, uh, back to dodgeball. Uh, I remember going to open gym in Sandlot, and everyone was asking me like, "Oh, how'd you do?" You know, they're asking about the event. Um, which, by the way, I I have to give a shout out to Sandlot Sports because um, they basically ran the entire event. Um, like Ari, like he like purchasing equipment. Um, setting up schedules, um, and then uh, a slew of Sandlot players like stepping up, volunteering the referee, and everything. Like they really ran the show. They even set up uh, where one of the after parties is at. So nice. um, huge shout out to Sandlot. Like they deserve a lot of credit for those two days and for everything leading up to it. But um, yeah, it's just been. Explaining to everyone, like you know, how how we did, like well, what was it like, um, and then having people tell me what happened Saturday night. That's been my week because <laughs> I don't remember much of Saturday night. Oh boy, you had fun. Like, yeah, apparently there was limbo at the bar. I don't know. <laughs> it could be worse. Could could be. Very cool. Um, how about you, Tasha? What's uh, what's it been like one week after the fact? You know, seeing all these awesome news featurettes coming out and and just kind of getting back to normal. How's it been? Um, you know, it's been it's just been, I guess, different. <laughs> um, it, it's weird transitioning from uh, going through that experience um, and living that type of weekend, and then going back to your day job. Um, it's hard. It, it's been difficult for me to make that transition. Um, I went back to work on Thursday and like, even when I was at work, it was hard to, to have those conversations with my coworkers because I was still kind of like living just like I was still in New York and it, I don't know, it's, just, it's been difficult. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to transition back into reality where, you know, it's just like, I don't want to say the mundane, but it's, you go from something completely different to like, what's normal again, kind of, kind of feeling. Right. It's definitely a, a double life. I think we're all living. That's for sure. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. Well, right before we jump into the crowdsource questions, because uh, I did get a couple, uh, I just want to ask if we can stay with you, Tosh, on this one is, um, just what are your final thoughts overall and, and what's next? Are you going to try to um, go for the 2020 uh, World Cup or where, where do you think you're... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see more people just try out cloth. I, I, I do read uh, what's happening in our Dodgeballs family group and I do see the, um, you know, there's not too many people that want to give it a shot but I think that it'd be cool to see uh, just more regions kind of host just a cloth ball tournament just to try it out. Um, it's, it's, it's more inviting, I think, than people think. Um, and yeah, I definitely want to give uh, 2020 a shot I think that w I learned a lot from this experience. Um, I've, I want to take on some of the strategies that I learned from the, the countries that have been successful um, and see if that could work for us. Um, we have two years to do it, so I think that um, it's a possibility that we could be the top four teams. Definitely. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to, to see what, um, 
how, how the options played and I'm looking forward to, to talking with you on that in person. Yeah, I'm excited to show you that. It's an interesting strategy, but it's very successful. That's really cool. How about you, uh, you Kim? What, um, you know, what are your final thoughts overall and, and what's next for you? So I agree with Tasha 100%. Um, I really would like to see more regions in the U.S. do some cloth ball tournaments. Um, after the tournament was over, I had probably three or four people in this area of Baltimore reach out to me asking if I could start bringing cloth balls to open gyms that I host. And I was like, absolutely. Wow. Um, so there's definitely some interest in at least my area of people wanting to try it. So I'm hoping to implement that soon. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool experience and I'm already starting to think of ways I can better myself for 2020. That's awesome to hear. I'm glad to hear that you guys are, are thinking 2020 now. That's, uh, that's really cool. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll have to try cloth again. Just, just be open to it and not be so standoffish. It's just, thank you. That's all we want, Steve. Just be please, open. Please, please. I feel like, <laughs> I just feel like I hopped into an intervention all of a sudden. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, right. well, how about, uh, how about you, Lou? Like what's, uh, what are your final thoughts overall? And you know, what's, what lies next for you? I, I can't wait for 2020 now. <laughs> nice. Um, it's great experience, great first, ex great first taste of international dodgeball, and I can't wait for 2020. Um, going to be a lot of dodgeball coming up soon, like nationals. Um, what else? I might go out to LA to watch uh, World, like WDBF Worlds. Um, I'm actually. Most likely going to England for a cloth tournament. Um, they're hosting the British Open. Um, Katie from Canada, she she asked me if I wanted to. If she wanted to make a team with me. I was like, I'm down. So if anyone's listening, you want to come join? Let me know. Of course, um, the Canadians would pick you up. Of course. <laughs> I mean, they they have him. It's. Yeah. It's already. It's already. He's, it's already he's, done. Just, he's just gonna go play with his real team now. <laughs> it, it, it's just. It, it's just gonna be a process before I move out there. No, but um. <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I'm excited for more. Be playing more dodgeball. Um. So yeah, can't wait. 2020 starts now. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. And um, how about you, Rob? What are your final thoughts overall I mean you should probably have had several this past week already but um, you know what are you thinking and, and what's next yeah uh, final thoughts were uh, in a positive note um, even though no team did as well as we liked uh, it, was, it was it was very positive uh, a lot of good exposure very exciting uh, super awesome to have my family and some friends there uh, in the crowd definitely made some memories and hopefully make some more in the future I'm excited to see where it's going to be I hope it's going to be in Tokyo because it pairs with the Olympics that year. Um, so it'll be great exposure. Uh, yeah, and it's just back to training. You know, keep playing, keep having fun, doing what I do. Awesome. And that kind of bleeds into uh, the, the couple of crowdsource questions that I got. Um, I just wanted to reiterate this one from Orlando, and that was, uh, was there any plan on changing the location of the tournament? And we kind of talked about that during the precap, that it's announced. I, I think it's announced every every cup. Um was that announced already, or? No, we don't know where it is. Still unknown, up well, in the air. I, I'm, I'm, well, uh, I'm hoping it's in Tokyo. 
Yeah, that that's the only rumor that's been going around is it's going to be in Japan. So, but we know it's it's not going to be in America. It's not going to be in England. So that okay, that narrows it down just a little bit. But got it. <laughs> um, this question go to anybody that that feels like they might have a, a good pulse on this one. This one comes from uh, Joe Martinez, and that is: Having played cloth, do you feel like it's more likely or less likely for other countries to adopt the Western ball types like no sting and eight point five? And do you know how the other teams there felt about foam and the WDBF foam world championship? So let's start with the first one. Um, do you feel like cloth is pretty much going to be the standard and there's like no deviation from that? I almost want to say yes, but um, what do you think? Um, I can take this first part. I think that other countries are just cloth is it, you know? And I think that uh, the WDA has set the standard ball as a cloth ball. so. You know, they want to do well in these tournaments. I don't think they're going to deviate from that ball. They're not going to change their their style or their, their ball type that dramatically. Yeah, because um, of one country, you know, too. Rubber art, but uh, I think cloth is the future. Yeah, and you uh, you definitely touched up on this in the precap, where it's like this is a, a huge world-governing entity. They've made their decision on this cloth ball probably a long time ago. I doubt that they're going to come to the U.S., see that, you know, 50 teams average are, are playing rubber and think, oh, yeah, let's switch to rubber. So I kind of want to feel like I knew the answer to that one already, just just kind of talking to you guys about it and, and understanding everything. I remember uh, the Tuesday scrimmages they had. Uh, at one point, me and Katie were throwing, we were throwing rubber, and a bunch of people looked at the ball like, what is that? It was, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny to see that. Like, what is this thing that these guys are playing with? <laughs> exactly. Okay, we probably look so, so like. Uh, I don't think rubber's in the picture for them. Um, but yeah, definitely cloth. Yeah, considering they have managers and cameras and play college, they probably think we can't afford cloth. They probably think we're just like so behind. <laughs> I can't Man, but that. I would love to see more more cloth in the states. I definitely want to see that. <sighs> we'll we'll see. I mean, it's. This last week really has been a lot of a lot of impact for dodgeball just on the media front. So I'm I'm curious to see what kind of conversation we'll be having a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other question I got was from um, Michael Coive, and that was um, I think maybe you might be best one best for this one, Rob. Is that what would you change going into the next World Cup, um, and how would you go about achieving that change? Um, and the reason why I wanted to direct this to you is because of your leadership role as a captain. And hearing that you know you wanted to have more practices and whatnot, um, what, what would you change? Like if, and would you even be in a position um, to do so? You know, you know the second part. <laughs> I don't know how to go about achieving anything. Uh, I don't. Have, I don't have any power. Uh, but you know, the one thing I would change is um, I would definitely have the tournament in the same spot. Uh, if it's at the Garden, it's there both days. If it's at Basketball City, it's at both. It's there both days. Um, and I would. As far as the U.S. team, I would just allow more time to practice. I'd make it mandatory schedules that everyone's there on Wednesday, and we're practicing here on Wednesday, uh, and then here on Wednesday night, and we're meeting here on Thursday. So we're we're not going in as blind as uh, as we have. Um, I think that the tail end of our organization was pretty good as far as like linking together emails and stuff like that. I just think that it was it could have been done sooner. Um, I hope that the trial process takes two years. And I wouldn't mind to go overseas next year, um, maybe to do some exhibition playing at the uh, the European Championships or something like that. 
um, just to get some international uh, competition. Gotcha. You know, you make the team, uh, you have a big group, you go over, you play some cloth ball tournaments, and then that's the, then that's the year in between uh, the World Cups. So just a little more organization, a um, little more planning and execution. But, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't have that power. Um, I just hope people keep playing the, the style and, and wanting to do better, and I think that the hunger that they felt from playing at Madison Square Garden in that quarterfinal was, uh, for the men's at least, was enough to keep them going and, and uh, re- go recruit and get more talent for 2020. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. I mean, you guys all said unanimously, I'm looking forward to 2020, so it's um, that could be the, the feel that we need. Um, and real quick, what did you guys place last year, or last year, two years ago? Uh, we picked seventh in men's. So don't... Yeah, so going from seventh to third, I mean that that's a pretty good improvement considering, you know, these teams are have been around for a long time. They're all very fierce competitors. So it sounds like we're we're making our way, right? Like it's it's getting better in time. Yeah, it felt it felt good to win on Friday. Just kind of get that monkey off the back a little bit cuz you know, 2 years ago we just were kind of lost out there, you know, and we Egypt and we're close to a couple other matches, but uh, this year is a different story and and next year is going to be an even different story. We're definitely on the map and people, you know, talking to English guys, they were like, they were impressed. I won't say they're nervous yet, but, you know, Austria came from nowhere, so did we. So uh, 2020s is going to be different. Nice. Third time's a charm. Uh, how about you, Kim? Is there anything that you would do differently um, if you had the power or, or just in general that you can think of? I agree with a lot of what Rob said, uh, just starting the whole tryout process earlier and, you know, looking at teams like England who had like a whole team of people just for their team to do like the managerial work I think that would be really good too um, while like Brett did an awesome job organizing everything um, I, I think if he could have had some you know backup people helping him out and you know taking a little bit of the load off them uh, just would have made his life so much easier I like that. A team for the actual team. Like that sounds like that's probably what needs to be done so the players can just play and uh, perform. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I liked Rob's idea of, you know, going overseas in the off year and doing like a tournament together just to get that experience. I think it's a great idea. Definitely. Well, it sounds like Lou's already on his way. So speaking of that, <laughs> what would you change, Lou? Um, or what would you do differently for 2020 if you had the chance? Uh, I basically said it for me. Um, uh, starting the process earlier, you know, getting more playing time together. I think that would be really key, and we'll definitely jump exponentially if we can get that happen happening sooner. Um, what I would like to see differently, World Cup wise, I hope somehow, some way, we could get like. A full a full round robin, I think that would be fun. That would be interesting. Although that would probably need maybe three days, probably a total of three days. But I think that would be fun. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it would it would take um, at least another day to get, especially because you guys play like, like thirty minute rounds, right? It's thirty minute rounds. Yeah, fifteen minute halves, thirty yeah. minutes all together. That's yeah, a lot of a lot of dodgeball, and definitely need a lot of time to to make that happen. But um, yeah, but. Uh, that that's something I would love to see though. I would love to play every country around Robin. For sure. And last but definitely not least, uh Tasha, how about you? What would you uh, 
what would you change going into uh, 2020 if you had the chance or personally or organizationally or what would you like to see different? Um, you know, I don't really have too much to add. Um, I, I loved pretty much everything that Rob was saying. Uh, definitely, if there's gonna if it's going to be two days, keep the same venue um, and just more playing time. I think that if we, we had an opportunity to play to, together and kind of just build that, that team chemistry before we all kind of walked out on the court, I think that would have been beneficial for, for all of us. So that's, that's pretty much my take. Gotcha. That and, uh, you know, like as we talked about before already is getting people to adopt cloth a little bit more, getting people more familiar with it, getting people to uh, look at some other play styles and just know that um, it, dodgeball goes beyond the U.S. So I'm, I'm really excited for 2020 and, and just see like the developments and the progress that happen. Again, just using the, the men's team going from seventh to third now. Um, it looks like you guys are on the right track collectively. So very exciting stuff. But um between this and, and the interviews that um, Anna Wynn covered, I think that should be pretty sufficient coverage of, of the event. Um, unless there's any final um, thoughts or input you guys wanted to throw out there real quick. Maybe, um, uh, we'll get you there sometime. What's that? Maybe we'll get you there. That'll be an improvement. Oh, oh you flatter me. <laughs> I'll, be a, I'll be like a towel boy or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Perfect. <laughs> Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for, for spending uh, almost like two hours with the, with the edit this and see how long it really is. But thank you guys so much for, for spending time with me tonight and talking about dodgeball and reliving uh, what went down a week ago. Um, yeah, I just thank you so much. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and get into the um, boots on the ground interviews that uh, Anna Wynn put together. Um, I do want to give a quick warning that the audio might not sound as great or might be really loud. It just depends on your audio system uh, because this was filmed live and in a dodgeball tournament. So for those of you that have been involved in one, you know how loud they can be. So just a quick heads up and uh, enjoy. So now we're interviewing uh, Michael Koib and Alan Thomas from uh, the U.S. men's team. Uh, so I'll start off with some questions. Um, how are you guys feeling? What teams have you played? Uh, oh, we don't, why don't you introduce yourselves and where you're from? All right, uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, I'm Michael Koib. Uh, I'm from uh, Portland, Oregon, and I play on uh, Rainbows and Elite. I'm Alan Thomas, also from Portland, Oregon, and I'm also on Rainbows. Uh, but today, we're playing together again on the men's U.S. team. Uh, so far, what was our first game? Uh, our first game was against uh, Northern Ireland. Yeah, we didn't have a great first game. We didn't quite figure out how to play together yet. We didn't know what lineups gelled necessarily. And we had to figure out kind of the style. Uh, so I think we lost by like 10. It was like 16 to 6. I think it was 18 to 6. 18 to 6. So every game the set is two points. A tied in three minutes, a tie is one point. So we won three and lost eight, or nine, or something like nine, that. Nine, nine, yeah. nine, basically nine games to three. Yeah. Our uh, second matchup was against Australia, who we're about to watch play again now uh, against Canada. And uh, we got off to a good start. The first couple games had some, uh, what would you say, like some controversy? I would say questionable calls. Some calls we didn't know the rules on yeah. or things like that yeah. that went against us. And then uh, we picked it up. So we're on one side there's a wall maybe 10 feet behind and on the other side there's a net 
So there's a big difference oh, yeah. shagging the bounce backs on one side. So we, we, we found that it was really advantageous to slow down when the wall's behind us. So yeah, basically the, the, the goal in the first half of the match was to just, just basically hang close. So stay close with them in points and until we got to the side where we had the net behind us. So once we had the net behind us, we got all the ricochets. And so we were able to play a lot better and use that to our advantage. Aggressively, more our style, really take advantage of countering and holding control of the court, which was pretty good. Uh, so first question, uh, what's it like adapting to this style of play? It's different. I love it. I love fast dodgeball. And I love control court dodgeball. Like yeah. Controlling the game is my my things. Yeah. And this it's big here. It's this big here or bigger than elite. I, um, I would say that the, one of the biggest things is ball control here. Like, yeah. if, you, if you give up those balls, you're dead. And uh, um, it was really key in that second match, basically getting those, uh, changing that style and changing how we were playing. We were going way too quick and giving up ball control way too easily. Yeah, I think we came in thinking that the call that you, uh, so essentially you only have to give up majority if you do it quickly. But if you wait too long, then you have to go down to one ball. And I think with the first game we were sort of playing that that came immediately. We were just like, okay, got to throw now, got to throw, or we'll get called to throw more. And then I think we kind of realized after that game and watching the game in between that they're actually not calling it that quick. No. We were able to play really at about the same pace yeah, that you was, play Elite. Yeah, Elite, I mean, it's 10 seconds, and so we were, we were getting, you know, five, six seconds before they would play, call, play ball. So we have plenty of time to get together, make a call, and execute that before the play ball call. Uh, another question, how do you feel about the ball itself versus 8.5? I mean, nothing will ever be 8.5, yeah, no. but I like them. They're fun. It's better than no sting. <laughs> uh, it's uh, a little bit, you know, I would say one of the big things is it's kind of comparable in that uh, the inflation or the PSI of the ball yeah. is, is makes a big difference yeah. on how you can throw the ball and also how you can catch the ball. So just like no sting, it's that same way. I would definitely agree that it makes a, an impact on how I catch it. I found one that I've had trouble throwing yet, luckily. I would say the ones that are like really pumped up, I'm, I'm having trouble calming. Just, I have smaller hands, so it's... Small know. weekends. Yeah. Uh, so what are the big rule differences between uh, between this tournament or the style of play and Elite? That was a question from earlier. Well, the biggest one would be the ball count. Yeah, the ball count would be... I mean, it's not that big of a difference. It's but five balls. It's five balls, so yeah, majority is basically three balls. Uh, what's another big difference? So, so yeah, once you control the majority, three balls or more, you have to get under majority in what's supposed to be five seconds, where they'll call play ball and how many you need to throw to get down to one. Yeah. And if you don't do it, if, 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 if that play ball, another five seconds goes by, anyone still holding a ball if you haven't relinquished the right amount is out. So be quick. Um, the lines are out of bounds. Yeah, lines are hard lines. You can't touch line. Uh, another big thing would be just uh, uh, no dumping. So yeah. if you don't throw within a, a meter of, of someone, then you are out. You, Everything's in the metric system. <laughs> right. It's in, uh, basically the WDA was set up in. What? They throw in kilometers yeah. per hour instead of miles per hour. Uh, what's another big thing? So how do you feel about the reffing? Like, uh, I know earlier there was a play where Koiv had two balls. He dropped one and um, threw another, and he got called out for that for some reason. Yeah, so together and talk the same way like elite refs. Oh, nice. Lock back and hit back. 
So like if you throw a ball and they block it back, it's live. And if you throw it and hit them and it comes back, it can be caught. So yeah, it's kind of like big. that uh, that used to be rule in in elite. Yeah, kinda the like phantom that, catch. The phantom catch. Yeah. Um, Except for you are out. So uh, that call was weird. They don't. Koyev dumped a ball and they're saying it knocked the ball out of his hand, but. No ref, the, like the ref on the wrong side of the call made the call and they never discussed it with the other ref. So there's not a lot of coming together the same way that elite refs do, which is tough for us. Yeah. Um, I would say another big thing is like there's there's only two refs. So I, I've actually yeah. talked to Egypt and I talked to another, I think Canada also mentioned that uh, the refs, they just are not up to par. So Normally um, there's line refs on each side. Yeah. At least I mean, uh, hopefully for big games. I'm assuming we'll have that for the bracket matches. I mean, I, I watched uh, a uh, Malaysia versus, uh, I forget who, uh, Sol Slovakia or something like that, Sylvania. And I, I saw uh, uh, multiple occasions where a girl stepped like a foot and a half over the line and no one called her out. Um, so I just, it's it's tough. So you're, you're having, having to battle a team and the refs, so. Question before we end this interview, uh, what nations are you personally keeping your eye on? Well, the nations in our pool are really important because we've got to beat them out to get to the bracket. So right now, actually, it's a huge game between Canada and Australia. Neither team has a win yet. We win next and then Canada. So if, not, if, if one of these teams go winless, we are automatically on for having just one win. So this is kind of a big one right now. What do you mean by you're automatically on? How does that bracket work tomorrow? So there's two pools of five. Right, and only the top four teams from each pool for, from each pool get to uh, move on to the bracket. So it's an 18 bracket. Right. So they see the four of each pool will play the opposite in the other pool. So one in pool A will play four in pool B. So you're guaranteed your first round match against the team you haven't played, which yeah. is cool. interview so we can uh, scout out Canada uh, as we as we have a Canadian friend right here. Uh, all good things on our friends uh, off above the border but um, have a great night. We'll be playing US men's team are gonna be playing against um against no against England first against England in about an hour uh, and then Canada after that so have a good night. Thank you Alrighty so uh, this next clip is going to feature Kate Bergsgard and Joshua Ty from the U.S. co-ed team, or mixed, rather. Uh -oh. Okay, hey, so we are here with Josh Ty and Kate Bergsgard. Uh, well, why don't you introduce yourself and um, explain what teams you play on here, where you're from, what teams you play on if you play elite. Sure, you go. Okay, girls first. Hey. Go. <laughs> Kate Bergsgard, Portland, Oregon. I play in Rainbows co-ed and Witness uh, Ladies. And then what you doing here? Here in New York City. Okay. Uh, my name is Joshua Ty. I play on Arkham and Arkham uh, and all and, and all things that are Arkham uh, on the East Coast. And I'm currently on the men's and I guess also on the mixed team. So you guys just got your first win for mixed, right? It was against Slovenia. Second win, or first win. I don't know. You guys know better than me. I don't even know. We'll say second. We'll yeah! We'll round up. We'll round up. So, uh, well, okay. So, who did you just play? How was the team? What did you, what did you do well? It was Slovenia. Slovenia. We kicked their butts. Um, but no. we did well. This little Slovenia girl just walked by I'm when you sorry, said that. Slovenia. And she went. She went. Lo siento, Slovenia. <laughs> um, we did well. We, we targeted 
and um, we held control and we didn't feed into their pace. We set the pace instead of them. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize when they're watching this game and their, uh, you know, their assumption of this game is that I'm an amazing dodge. Well, I'm, I'm not saying for myself. I'm saying in general. Like I'm an amazing dodgeballer. I can play this game too, and it's a very different game from anything that we play. Yes, it is very different from Elite. Yep. It is very different from UDC. It's very different from even your local pickup pickup games. Like what they have going on here in the cloth market is 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 foreign. It is a foreign language. So yes. yes. How do you feel about cloth versus eight point five? I just like cloth a yeah. lot. <laughs> I mean, you can't grip it. You can't throw it, and you can barely catch it. Respect, but respect for people who can play cough. It, there are some amazing dodgeballers out here who are like throwing so f hard, yep. and there's, you know what I mean? They're 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 able to get their hand on the ball. There's no squeeze. There's no pinch. There's no give to the ball. Nope. So like, it's all like grip strength. It's all in this, and they're getting some killer throws on there. So I personally love 8.5, and then a nose thing, and then maybe foam, and then cloth. But like. <laughs> You know, shout out to the people who can do it. Yeah. I mean, this game changes a lot of elements. Like, you definitely, changing the ball and changing the pace changes your style of play. I noticed that when I'm playing cloth, I, I'm becoming more of a dodger than a thrower or a catcher. So it's all about dodging and milliseconds and centimeters. Because when you see her play in elite, she's catching everything. She's throwing people out. I see you. She's so humble, okay. but I see her. You all see her. You all see Kate. Um, so you're both. So Josh is on the men's and the mixed, uh, and then Kate's on the women's Sorry. and the mixed. So which which division are you looking more forward to, mixed or or your or the gender division? I personally am looking forward to women's. Um, we have a big learning curve to come over. Um, I think the fact that we're all foreign to each other does not help us. So we're figuring out roles, we're figuring out strengths and weaknesses on the court together as a team, and then versus our um, opponents. So I am looking forward to women's. So the first couple games that I played today were men's, and this is my first women game that I've played. I mean, uh, women's. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, it was my first mixed game that I played, and I actually really love the experience of playing with the mix. I think that... Uh, uh, so there's a... Men's team, we also didn't have the opportunity to get to practice and play together, and so it's a lot of people coming together. It's a lot of different styles coming together. Um, there's a lot of ego and attitude, and while sometimes that can be really fun, it can also be like a detriment to the team. So what was really nice about this is like everyone was chill. It was like yeah. positive vibes. Yeah. And not to say that wasn't the case for men's, but men's team, we're in like probably one of the tougher brackets we have. Uh, we had we played first uh, North Ireland, Northern Ireland. Then we played Australia, and we won that game. And now we're playing against England, and England has been seated at the top for a number of years. They're just like this is their game, and so while that's going to be a very exciting game to play, uh, it's also I think it's it's going to be a big source of uh, humble pie for for our team. Yeah. Straight up. Canada just beat Australia in the men's bracket, so I know. Okay. Yes. I think right now you're rooting for um, Australia to lose, just so you guys can make it through. Yeah. And, yeah. And who f knows? Who? F you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, real talk. Like this is as much as uh, this is not our game. This is not the U.S. game. This nope. is not elite. This is nope. not anything else. Like this is completely new and foreign to us. And like, you know, I, I encourage everyone to you know to try this out. But like, it's. Rough. Yeah, it's so. hard. You are a little fish in a huge pond here. In so. an international pond. Ooh, the man. Ooh, the man. What's the 
can the U.S. do to, to start competing on the international level? Well, what, what are we, what are, what's the next step for U.S.? So I think, I think honestly, the, the first thing is getting our hands on these balls and throwing it. Like, how, sure, we're, we, we are beasts with 8.5, we're killer with no sting, and this is another market for us. So the more exposure we have to this ball first is step one. Step yep. two is actually like, and it's hard because there's, there's not much here for us, but like, every time that, I love seeing on, on Dodgeball Family when someone travels and they post and they say like, hey, I'm in Turkey, any dodgeball, like anytime you are traveling, if you can get a night of pickup, as corny as that sounds while you're on vacation, like do it because the exposure is amazing. Ditto. I, I can't say anymore. Or do you not want to? She's like, he needs to go. He's sweaty. You're sweaty. <laughs> oh, I'm I am. Oh, I am. Not a good butt. Oh, yeah. So okay. what, do you, what do you think the chances are of uh, clothball being the, the, the uh, Olympic dodgeball type? Or is it going to be foam? Is it going to be 8.5? I don't think it's going to be 8.5. It's not 8.5. I mean, it's not going to be no signal. No, it'll be foam or cloth. Yeah, realistically, it'll be foam or cloth. That's what the majority of the world outside the U.S. plays, and we're outnumbered. Yeah, we're outnumbered, and, and quite honestly, like, the way it is right now, like, there's, there's the other other countries have some serious talent. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know that a lot of players in the U.S. Uh, are play foam, and the, the foam team that they put together is killer, and I, you know, shout out to them, and I hope that they kill it. Um, it'll be interesting to see like what happens in the next couple of years with this team and, and going forward and, yeah. and, and you know with Cloth. Oh, Tyler Green just hopped on the live stream. Hey, hey, Tyler, you better put me a shout out on the Dodgeball Tribune. Uh, <laughs> um, so again, this is Josh Ty, Kate Rosegard. Josh plays on the men's and the mix. Josh plays on the men's and the mix. Kate plays on the women's and the mix. Uh, any questions? Uh, I haven't seen any questions come by yet. Um, any last words about today so far? We've both got two matches left for each division, right? Yeah. Uh, women's has one match left. They, so They just played uh, the England. England while we were playing. So yeah. that, uh, How did you guys do against England? Uh, I was playing mixed, but I heard it was six. Every game here is two points. So yeah. 16 to 2 would be 8 to 1. Uh, but I heard every game within the match was close, but the match itself was, was far. Oh, and mixed play at the same time? Yeah. And you know, honestly, what I've noticed when playing is like, those games that are so close, it's it's one mistake that can really f up the game. Yeah. It really is. It's like, you know, one thing that the U.S. is pretty good about is, is about ball control. And when we start to implement ball control here, we perform a lot better. But, you know, when people just want to throw willy-nilly and just, like, get their outs and wave their around, then, like, we, we lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, one one opportunity where we where we are left with one ball it's and they swing. have four, yeah. it's, it's like there's two people out. And it's 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 not our game, so we need to play as smart as we can. So I think that like the next game for men's uh, with England is going to be a tough game. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> positive attitude, positive outlook. Um, I hope we do well. I don't, you know, I don't say I don't necessarily think we'll win, but hope we hope we turn it out. Right. It's a good experience turn for girls. Uh, Josh, my my brother Frenchie. In case anybody didn't know, oh, Frenchie's brother. He was in the Aww, I thought it was your brother. We both have last name win, but um, well, so do I. But well, well Frenchie's the Yancey's win. Halfpenny win. <laughs> I a girl. You know she mixed. Half. You know she, I have biracial hair. Um, Frenchie says Joshua looking all sexy. Personally, I think Kate looks sexy too. Um, <laughs> last question I have. Um, so what is your favorite aspect about? What's your favorite thing about cloth? About cloth? Let's just cloth or like the tournament today. Or 
I think that cloth makes me think of dodgeball in a whole other way. Yeah. We get so set in our elite and our 8.5 and our no sting and our and our count that it speeds up the game. This game is so fast. Even though it's three minute sets within each match, those three minutes fly by and rarely ever do get timed out. Like rarely ever do get timed out because everything's going so fast. So it definitely challenges me in ways that I don't, I'm not challenged and it's a new ball type that I want to master. It's like learning a new language. Oh, uh, the man, honey. It's so good to see all these international boyfriends that I have here. Hi, <laughs> boyfriends. There are so many. Oh, my God. They didn't God. see you. They didn't see you. There are a lot. Okay. But, uh, so that would be something that I, so I guess the man and then, uh, um, you know, sidebar of the man. I think just in general, like, the seeing different players from different countries, like, it is so refreshing to see, like, not necessarily a me, but see, like, an us. Like, to see other dodgeballers that are so hardcore, they flew out to this international tournament. Yo. Austria showed up rolling deep. They had they had speakers. They were playing music. They had a, a, a chant. They did a, a choreographed mob. dance. I know that. And what the U.S. do? We like cowered in the corner. Was like U.S.A. U.S.A. We ain't got so I think that like seeing seeing the global support for this sport is something that like we don't always see. Like dodgeball family is is cute. And it's insular. It's just us. We all know about dodgeball. We watch each other's games. We like follow each other. But it's we don't have necessarily support like you know Austria who flew out like families and friends. Like they when I say they rolled deep, it was like you know team 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 Austria. Yeah. yeah. So like it was cute to see that. I know Canada had their own like uh, they had two two head coaches and then like their own doctor. I know they they got yeah. uh, they got massage masseuses. Yeah, England has masseuses and like PTs on their and then on their one staff. and then Canada has a nutritionist. Like Whoa. one of them boys was like, I can't eat this because that's what my nutritionist said. I said. In my normal life, I can't even get a nutritionist. That's why I got these breasts. So mad. Take hey, cups. Take hey, cups. Hey. Uh, again, this is Josh Guy, Kate Burzgaard from. Uh, we just fin they just finished beating Slovenia in the mixed mixed division. Uh, stay tuned. We're gonna have um, the men's versus U versus uh, England coming up. Uh, I am a little biased. I've only been filming the men's because uh, I date one. So. Well, you need to get on this women's game, honey, because you can date her too. Ah. <laughs> Already, and now we have the final interview with um, Alan Thomas, Michael Koiv, and Kyle Sozik. Came out strong, didn't know what to expect, you know, being first World Cup and stuff, but, uh, you know, who do we play first? Uh, Ireland. Ireland, Ireland, yeah. Ireland, you know, I felt we could have played a lot better. Australia, we came out strong, you know, definitely picked ourselves up, and then we came out in England, and we came out strong, and, you know, and then we kind of just started making stupid mistakes, and definitely think we'll learn from those, and we'll come up tomorrow, and we'll take them out. Would you say uh, if we played Ireland second or third or fourth, you think that game would have been different? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that uh, one of the biggest changes is that we figured out our players. So our starting our starting six was on, and we had a rotation of maybe two, maybe two, three players. And I would say it takes a great player to uh, 
step up and be the man. It takes an even bigger man to uh, step up and say, hey, I just, I'm just i just not the best player. And yeah. that's what we did. I have to give a lot of credit to, the, uh, to Rob and, uh, and Ed a bit. And who else? Uh, oh, Alfred. Brett. Who, Brett. Yeah. Who, who actually broke his finger. Who, who broke his finger. He split it open, like bone out. Uh, who, who stepped aside. Yeah. And, and, last game. And let us, and Lewis as well, and let us play whenever we were ready to play. We exactly. sat when we were tired, and they were, when we wanted on the court, we got on, and it Joshua was or, uh, Josh. Josh Ty as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Credit to those guys. They were good teammates, and they gave us a chance to really to, to take win. advantage. To yeah. win. I mean, without, if they, they, they don't sit, I don't know if we win those games that we did, you know? Yeah. Well, they saw the strength of our line, and they... Committed to it. Yeah. Happy terminology. Yep. What was your favorite team to play during your round robin? Well, Canada sort of played a style that we kind of already knew. So yeah. playing Canada just felt like playing elite. Yeah, it was definitely elite style. I liked playing Australia because that was kind of new. Was I like little, it was a little challenging, but I mean, you know, we came up and that was fun. England was a lot of fun though too. I mean, that opening run. Those games were awesome. The first three games, yeah. I would say England was probably my favorite team. We got we got beat and they beat us uh, pretty, bad. pretty bad. I mean, I think the final score is like what eighteen to eight. I think is what it was. Uh, but I don't, I don't, yeah, maybe maybe yeah. we got it. We got but uh, but to to play, they're a legit team. They're yeah. like they're they're yeah. range champs. But like uh, those guys play like all year round. They practice. They the yeah. team has a practice. For those who don't know, England's system it, it, they have like a system where they're like they've got crew and there's like a guy in a suit with a walkie-talkie it's intense we don't have that here yet uh, are you, oh geez sorry there's a, there's a game going on behind us it's uh like versus egypt but uh what's uh what's something that you guys learned from playing with these different countries anything you guys learn any strategies you picked up oh, yeah. Pump fake a lot. You really got a pressure from the corners. I mean, you do that anyways, but I mean, it really makes a big difference in this game. I'd say the biggest adjustment for me was just the ball control situation being slightly different. When to take the chances and when not to. Yep. And uh, and also, honestly, and this isn't really even part of it being international, but playing on like a team with a coach. Like we normally play with one sub a maybe, yeah. and it's it's just like everyone kind of knows. But here we have like potentially six subs, exactly. and a coach who sort of gets to decide. So credit to AJ too, kind of gave us the reins a little bit and yeah, set back up a little bit. Put, trust, put a lot of trust in me, I yeah. feel like. So credit to that as well. I, that was the most. That was probably the most interesting experience. I've never I never played organized sports growing up. So I think one of the biggest things was. A lot of the East Coast guys and the coach and Rob, they didn't know us coming in. They had no idea what we could do. And so the, I don't feel like they had a whole lot of trust in us. And I think just play on the court. We, we, we showed what we got on that court. And they stepped back and they said, these are the guys. And absolutely. You know, and the coach has said a couple times to us, like, they know us from Manchester. They know him. They know him. Yeah. They don't know you. They, they don't, don't know him. They don't know you. And that's really been a big advantage for, for our team. And absolutely, you know, the other teammates that have played or haven't, but from the other parts of the country, we're all adapting so well, you know, in the 
later game. So. There was a big change from that first starting lineup. Oh yeah. I think you might have been in it. Or no, 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 was it I wasn't you? in it. No, none of us were in it. We were none of us were in the starting lineup for that first match. Every match after that, we were in the starting lineup. Yeah. Uh, so what's your strategy for tomorrow? You guys are gonna go to play at Madison Hulu Theater, Madison Square Garden. Uh, you're likely the third or fourth place for your your pool, so you're definitely gonna be in the bracket. You're definitely third. Okay, you're definitely third. Great, great job. Congrats. What's your strategy moving into Madison Square Garden tomorrow? Actually, honestly, if Ireland tied Australia, beat Canada, lost to England, and beat us, okay, then they'll two and a half. All right. Um, they got one more point than us. That's a stage none of us have probably ever played on. Anything like that. Already, this was crazy coming in and Absolutely. teams sharing. Absolutely. So, Strategy, I think the strategy tomorrow is going to be something similar today because the, the teams that we're playing tomorrow, to start out, they don't know anything about us. Yeah. So it's going to be a similar strategy. Go in and and just kind of be a surprise. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's the country? What country are you guys looking out for? England. Yeah. Well, you likely not play England tomorrow. Oh so uh, no, we could play them in the final or in the second round maybe. Yeah. I'm specifically worried about any country. I am worried about the integrity of the game. We've seen kind of a lot of uh, questionable yeah. uh, outs not taken maybe. Yeah. So I would say um, it seems like the strategy in a lot of countries, it's it's wait for the wait for the rep to call it. And that's just not what I'm used to. That's not how elites build. That's better, um, yeah. you know, yeah. more refs, hopefully. Yeah, once again, you yes. know, there was a lot of, you know, over the lines and yeah, I went over the line a few times that weren't called. I mean, clearly people on the sidelines saw you know two, three hits at a time and they didn't go out. So yeah, it's hard to. It really takes. It takes a lot. To, uh, uh, see everybody else not taking their outs and still you take your outs. It takes. It takes a lot of uh, willpower to do that. That's the type of game that's being played. Like, yeah. but no, you know, you don't want to be looked at as that player. You know, and you want to have respect. Of course, Singapore team is getting demolished behind us. It's hard for me not to watch. Singapore. Alright, alright, so we're wrapping up. Uh, final question. Uh, fun question. What's the favorite place you guys have eaten in New York City so far? Ooh, Cat's Deli. All day. Uh, best bagel. Delicious. Best bagel. Best bagel. It's actually called Best Bagel. It's actually called Best Bagel. I took Kevin's uh, family there. They, they're like, oh, I don't know about this place. They've gone back name. every day since. They're like, that place is amazing. It was recommended by Dominic. So yeah, I heard him say that. Was it Eli? That's where we went yesterday? Yeah, sure. Eli in, Chinese, in Chinatown. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. That The general so ch uh, chicken there was amazing. The beef noodle, beef crunchy noodle was total trash. What? But the general shows was amazing. So audio quality aside, uh, I know it was very loud in that venue, and obviously there's a lot going on. And I think in one of those interviews, it sounds like the uh, the team was uh, doping up on helium. Um, 
But thank you so much, um, Anna Wynn, again, for, for putting that together and just um, putting the initiative to, to try something new. And um, I would love to hear your feedback on whether or not we should incorporate this into future recaps. Um, I did something like this with uh, Sin City in the first season a couple years back, and I loved talking to people in the middle of the uh, the tournament. The only problem is, is that people get really shy. So if you're one of those people that don't get shy and would like to actually be captured in the moment and just be given a couple of rapid fire questions to help really put together how the whole event went down, I would love to, to work with you for, for nationals coming up. Um, anyway, that aside, thank you again, um, Anna, for, for letting me do that, letting me utilize the, uh, the footage here, and uh, we hope you enjoy. So that was the World Dodgeball Association Dodgeball World Cup that took place the weekend of August 3rd, and thank you so much to the panel for hopping on and discussing it with me. Um, unfortunately, I, I could not catch much of it at all due to the fact that I had drill and uh, what I was able to catch was after the fact there were several clips and all kinds of crazy awesomeness that was going on but um, definitely couldn't have done it without you guys Rob, Emil, um, Kim Wilkie, Tasha Maven and uh, Louis Velez thank you guys so much uh, for, for hopping on again it, it was late but I do appreciate it and, and hope that um, we were able to provide just a, some good insight on, on what took place um, overall Granted, it's just scratching the surface. Um, but also, a huge thank you and shout out to Anna Wynn for um, capturing the game interviews or the, the in-tournament interviews. Um, I love that it was done. Thank you so much for letting me utilize the audio. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope that it just added another element to these recaps as that is definitely something I would like to see implemented more and more as these um, amazing events and tournaments go by. I would love to get in-person, on-site, almost in-game quick interview so if you're interested in doing that um let me know and I'll, I'll i'll probably talk to you at some point um especially during nationals because that's the next big event coming up that all being said that pretty much wraps up all that i could cover with the world dodgeball association given my limited knowledge and scope of it however in the uh coming episode um the third part of the series i, I guess you can say I do want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into the World Dodgeball Association and and kind of just address some of the controversy, for lack of better words, that seems to envelop it in hopes that we can all kind of just understand what's going on, hear what we need to from both parties, and then just get in a unified backing of anything that promotes dodgeball in a positive manner. So just going to leave it at that for now. Um, stay tuned for that episode, and as always, feel free to send your feedback, your questions, your comments, your concerns. Um, I love it, so feel free to send it anytime. Um, have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you next time. One and done. I'm just going to send it. Just going to send it. Another day, another beer. All right, I'm out of here.